Welcome to another episode of Proximity. We have been so excited by this series, looking at what it means for us to draw near to a God who is already so close and wanting us to draw near to him. And we have been going through um, a few episodes looking at what it means for our heads to be in proximity to Jesus, what it looks like for our hearts to be close to Jesus. And we've had one episode so far of what it looks like for our hands or our actions to be close to Jesus. And we're going to round that off today. Looking at justice, and it is an absolute delight that we have got John here, who is our Orderland uh, training to be a vicar in the Church of England. And we've got his wife, Taria, who is our 18 to 30s pastor. And these guys have loads of experience working in the justice sector. And they're going to speak to us about what justice is and a whole raft of other exciting things. So, guys, let's start off with the question of what is justice? And by the way, they have seven minutes to answer that question. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> are, there, you guys. are there like follow-up questions that we can spend other minutes on? <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. Okay, great. Yeah, after you. Nice. Great. Um, yeah, so justice is a characteristic of uh, the God that we worship. Um, God's justice is about putting right all that is wrong with creation. So mending the kind of broken relationships between us and God, us and others, um, us and ourselves and us and creation. So the restoration of all of those uh, dimensions of relationship. Um, and in both Hebrew and Greek, righteousness and justice are actually the same word. Um, and yeah, they just describe basically that state of right relationships between all of those different dimensions. Yeah. So that's a little summary. Right yeah, there. great. And just to add to that, um, what um, I think often what we we can get a little bit confused about when we talk about justice in in the biblical sense uh biblical being basically what the bible means by justice um is uh, we see two types of justice in the world and we see two types of justice in the bible as well so we have like this kind of punitive justice um that uh, is uh you know basically what what we see in our courts what we see in through our police and all of that stuff that our actions have consequences um and um, that's an important part of society functioning like action and consequence all of that stuff um and the, the hebrew word for that is is mishpat um there's a, there's a bit of hebrew for you uh today and the other word uh is uh sedekah. have i got those the right way around by yeah, the way yeah brilliant uh so the, you are training well yeah 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 that's it um so <laughs> So the other word is sedaka. Um, you don't have to remember those, but it's just a helpful differentiation. So sedaka is about what Tariya mentioned, really, this idea that actually we are aware as human beings when something is not right. We all have a deep sense of, um, you know, looking around the world, the climate crisis, the refugee crisis, the homelessness crisis, the cost of living crisis, um, the poor being exploited, um, uh, widows um, male or female being left um, to try and fend for themselves we see all of this oppression and difficulty all around us and there's something in in us that cries for for justice in that sense of things being made right um, so uh, particularly in in hands two we're going to be thinking um, about that that sedica one that restoration of right relationship as Taria mentioned really nice yeah and um, why don't you tell us a bit more about what god's intention for that um those right relationships is um as we crack open the bible a little bit yeah definitely so i think um 
when we look in the Bible, which is where we kind of understand God's justice a bit more, um, often as Christians, we can tend to cherry pick certain verses or certain stories uh, to try and encapsulate what justice looks like. But actually, I think it's more helpful to look at the general narrative in scripture um, of, of justice. So strap yourselves in. Yes, yeah, here we go. Guys, because we're going <laughs> to do a bit of a whistle stop tour of what justice looks like in the Bible. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be fleshing out creation, the fall, uh, covenant, Exodus law, prophets, Jesus, the cross, and new creation. So, maybe all if I take. Yeah, go in for four it. minutes. All in four minutes. Four. Let's you know what? Go. You can have a bit longer. Great. This, is, this is good. Thank this you. is great. Go on, T. Take that. Great. <laughs> Nice. Um, so I'm going to take creation, the fallen covenant. So um, with creation, we see in Genesis that a good and just God creates a good and just world. Um, and with the fall, we see the uh, entry of sin and sin comes in to break all of our different relationships. So that relationship that I was kind of talking about with us and God, us and creation, ourselves and others. And essentially injustice is the result of sin. Um, and so we see both personal sin and systemic sin enter into uh, creation. And then after the fall, we see that God initiates this um, amazing like redemption story with Abraham. And he kind of commissions Abraham to go and try and begin that restoration project. Um, and then, yeah, we move into Exodus, which is what John will. Yeah, great. So, um, yeah, that kind of follows on through this. This is kind of a vaguely chronological like account of what's happening uh and uh so the exodus is a, the really famous story of the israelites being freed from slavery in egypt and finding freedom uh, in the promised land and um so much of the old testament kind of makes reference to this amazing um true story of of slaves being freed and we see god literally hear the groans of his people mm. and saying i'm going to do something about it and he calls moses uh, and he says uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring a freedom to my people from slavery, and I'm gonna um, bring them out uh, as as a people uh, to be my own. Um, so we see his promise to Abraham carrying on uh, through this. Um, so that's kind of the Exodus story, very very briefly. Um, and then uh, in the law, so as soon as they've uh, been been freed from Egypt, God gives them the law. Uh, so you might be familiar with uh, things like the Ten Commandments that are often battered around quite a lot. They are part of the law, um, but so much of that law that is given uh, to God's people is about making them look different to the rest of the world uh, around them. Um, so lots of the other cultures were, um, you know, dabbling in all sorts of odd uh, spirituality, very morally questionable uh, practices, all of that stuff. And God says, you are going to be a light, basically, to, to say, oh, that's what it looks like to follow the one true God. And throughout that law, is a lot. there's a lot of law. It's a bit of, a, it's a bit of hefty reading. Uh, so, you know, uh, do uh, take your time with it. Um, but basically, there's so much about um, looking after and prioritising the poor, um, the widows, the oppressed. Um, there's a really... Um, one of the things I love about um, the law is, um, I believe it's every 50 years, there was a, a year of jubilee, which basically meant well, everyone's debts were cancelled mm. and then everyone started again. And that idea of actually, um, sometimes, you know, people get in a mess, but actually people's debts are cancelled, they start again, um, all of that stuff. And so we see basically God say, um, 
this there is a better way to live and and this is how to do it um Obviously, people are people. I'm a person, T's a person, Simon's a person, and we do not get this right. And that's basically where we begin to see um, the prophets of the Old Testament come in. Uh, so people like um, Isaiah, Jeremiah, um, Ezekiel, Amos, all of that stuff. Um, so um, these guys are called by God to say, guys, you're getting it wrong. They speak a lot of hope, but firstly, they say, you're getting it wrong. Um, uh, we are big fans of Isaiah, both of us, and there's this really kind of famous bit in Isaiah chapter one, where, where God through Isaiah basically says, I'm fed up of your religion and your sacrifices and your burnt offerings. They are detestable. He hates them because actually the state of their hearts uh, and what they're doing is not good. They are not seeking justice. They, are, they have made their faith in God a... Um, kind of going through the motions type thing and there's no actual substance to it so people like Isaiah and Amos Ezekiel Jeremiah they call people back and they say you are getting it wrong you are not obeying God's law mm -hmm. and he calls them uh, to change and be that light uh, to the rest of the world that he had called them to be yeah yeah great summary and then looking at the New Testament then uh, with Jesus's life so some interesting facts um one in ten verses in Matthew and Mark are directly about justice and in Matthew it's one in ten so you can see that it's a massive theme of who Jesus was and what he did mm. um, and if you look at the people that Jesus spends the most time with it's often those at the bottom of the social hierarchy it's the people that normally others would just completely disregard but God has so much time and love for them um, it's also a part of who Jesus was as well you could see him in many ways as a victim of injustice like the fact that he's a brown-skinned Jew who was born in a, an impoverished area, um, unjustly convicted and executed by a corrupt government leader. In many ways, it's in Jesus's DNA to be at that bottom of, of society. Um, the Gospels are also very unique amongst ancient biographies because they spend so much time focusing on people who aren't important and people who are uh, yeah, just socially disregarded when actually other ancient biographies from that same time tend to focus on royalty or people who are rich. So actually, it's quite interesting seeing that the Bible is putting so much focus on these people um, and justice is clearly so important. Um, and then when we look at the cross, uh, we see that Jesus's crucifixion is like is a big reminder that only the creator of the universe can bring about his true justice. And what Jesus does on the cross is restore all of those broken relationships that we spoke about in, in Genesis. Um, so yeah, that is God's like perfect justice coming into the world. Um, yeah, so maybe moving into the early church. Yeah, great, and um, love like all of that tea, and that I think that's so crucial, isn't it? Like, um, I think so often we can get caught up in the in the nice talk about justice, but actually there was a real cost that Jesus paid to mm -hmm. like to see that come into fruition. Um, you know, through um, Jesus dying for human sin and everything that's spoiled. His resurrection brings that um, restoration, that, that uh, the Hebrew word is shalom, or right relationship. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really cool. And the early church seemed to be like pretty bob on with it. Uh, they did get it wrong a few times, as people do. But um, a really classic passage is something like Acts chapter two, towards the end, when the disciples are all sharing food together, sharing their possessions. Nothing was their own. They lived in community. They looked after. Um, 
everybody and they prioritised the poor. And we see that throughout um, the letters to different churches in the New Testament. There is a call to live differently um, from the world. And so that's a massive mandate or kind of a command of, of the church today uh, for us as a church at Church Collective. Um, what does it mean to, to strive after these, um, you might come across the term, kingdom values? Um, and in a really kind of quick nutshell, that kind of jumps to the end of the Bible uh, in Revelation when Jesus co comes back and he judges uh, the world. But with it, and then, then he says, I'm going to make all things new. And that word new, uh, so the New Testament is written in Greek, that word new is, is kainos, which basically means renewed. So a bit like, um, to kind of use a trivial example, my Netflix subscription, it's the same subscription, but every month it renews. It's the same thing, but it's made new, it's made complete. Um, that's one example. Or I renew my car insurance. Um, I do have insurance. And um, the... Uh, you know, it's it's the same thing, but it's renewed and it's made new. So there's, there's just so much good in the world. And through what Jesus does, he's saying, I'm going to restore what has been um, me messed up, basically. So, so heaven and God's kingdom isn't some wisp on a cloud experience. It's a very tangible reality that we are called to inhabit and point to now. Mm. So our ask as the church and as individuals is to say what does it look like for god through us to show uh, signs that that kingdom is coming in and we are moving towards it and we kind of see this uh, that the church and jesus uh, are on this journey uh, to being made complete uh, together as we inhabit more of his kingdom and he comes to us um so that's kind of a nutshell of the whole Bible. <laughs> I'm tired, so I don't well, know about well you. Done. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll, yeah. if I just if I just summarize Please do, what you said. Because I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was fantastic. So God created a perfect world where there was no injustice. Mm. That it was it was ideal. He created Adam and Eve and it was perfect and they and they walked in the garden together. Then sin happened, which is the fall, as you mentioned, Taria. Sin happened, and everything as a result of that one moment where that first sin took place, injustice happened, um, sin happened, hatred happened, darkness happened, evil crept into the world at that point. And then we see that arc of this redemption plan of God from that moment Throughout the Old Testament, as you've described, we see pockets of um, justice being brought to the fore in the moments of injustice, as you've highlighted, the prophets calling out to the people of Israel, you are not following this God who is ultimately just. Mm. That, that's his heart. His heart is for people mm. and for people to be just in the way that they are. We then see Jesus, which is the climax of this redemption plan. Yeah. As you mentioned, this, this uh, man, fully God, fully man, who came to earth and experienced injustice to the core, mm. but then hung on a cross as people were shouting, crucify, crucify him in the ultimate act of injustice. And then this narrative mm. continuing through to Revelation where we, we see God's redemption plan ultimately outworked in what is going to be in that 
perfect place. Can't wait. That that we are all longing for. So that's the arc of the New Testament, as you said, Saria. The, the the arc of the theme of justice is is throughout. Yeah. John, you touched on it just then as you mm. were sort of concluding. What does that now mean for us? Yeah. As Christians living today, mm. what does that mean for us? Yeah, um, really helpful. I think um, Tria will touch a bit more on this, but I, I think something I find really helpful is that uh, is to think about, Jesus tells this amazing parable uh, called the parable of the talents. And he says, uh, so talents was like a currency. And a, a king gives different people a proportion of money. And he says, go and sow it and invest it, basically, and come back with, with something more. Um, and so for me, it's all to do with what God has given us. So it will look different for each of us. For some of us um, who might be blessed with um, significant finances, um, there, there is a call to be uh, more financially generous. For those of us that have... Um, a calling uh, to be uh, open with our homes or um, to, to, you know, in our workplaces to work with asylum seekers, refugees, what, whatever. Um, so this this looks a bit different for everybody. So just as we give some examples about what this looks like, just think about your text, what God has given you and how you can use it um, to to this kingdom uh, that he is bringing in. T, do you want to add a, a bit more about what this might look like? Yeah, sure. I think I would add that when we consider justice, it's quite helpful to break it down into three different yeah. compartments. So you can think about justice in a global sense. So uh, racial injustice, climate change, all these massive uh, injustices that are happening in our world and kind of considering how as a Christian we can bring life, bring hope, bring bring peace into those big, big movements. Um, and then I think you can view it uh, from a local sense. So thinking about the justices that are happening in your town, in your neighborhood, homelessness, things like that. Like where are the the needs in your in your everyday life? Mm. Um, and then you can also view justice in a personal sense. So for example, as a consumer, what is it that I'm buying that maybe casts almost like a vote for systems of injustice? Um, how can I make sure that my everyday choices um, are speaking for justice and hope and respecting uh, your neighbour or the person who mm. made your clothes, those types of things. Yeah. Um, so I think when you break it down into those three compartments, it's just maybe picking one thing from each of those that you want to particularly consider. So for climate change, is it that you want to go along to a protest or you want to get involved in um, organising or or anything like that that kind of helps those big things? Um, one thing that John and I are quite passionate about is ethical banking. Um, so it's considering how to steward your money in the best way. Um, and a bank that we use, Triodos, they use our money to invest in local projects, um, particularly in Liverpool, which is great. Um, so yeah, like climate change and then uh, thinking locally, is it that you can volunteer at a food bank or um, yeah, maybe do a few homeless outreaches. Mm. But I'd say that the best thing there is to focus on building relationships because as we've kind of discussed, already mm. god cares so much about the person and he's made each and every one of us in his image mm. so justice in a local sense will really just be about seeing people as people seeing them as mm. as whole individuals um and trying to bring god's love in that way yeah um and then in a personal sense it's just trying to yeah like as i've said before consider how as a consumer you might be able to buy more ethical clothing or think about um ethical chocolate or yeah 
that type of thing? So there's three areas. Um, there's globally, locally, and individually. Yeah. And it's really helpful to break those three down because although it's difficult and it can still be a challenge, individually focusing on a couple of injustices that we see and that we want to combat ourselves, mm. that feels... Although, as I say, a challenge, it feels relatively doable. Mm -hmm. I, I can absolutely choose to do this instead of this, whatever that example might be. Yeah. Um, the local stuff, again, is an absolute challenge. You know, the, the idea of being able to influence change in a local area, my, my road, my mm. uh, place of work, my town... Um, I think it's it feels semi doable. Equally, yeah. it feels like well, how how on earth can I yeah, yeah, yeah. help yeah. Um, all those people who are struggling with this yeah. in my local area or town? But we can we can start by doing something. Yeah, yeah. you know what yeah. one particular thing. The global that feels really tough. Yeah. I think. Yeah. How on earth can little old me? Yeah. Um influence the refugee crisis that yeah. we see in yeah. our world mm. how can little old me play um a significant part in the global economy that seems to be plummeting mm. how can i do anything to influence climate change mm. but i think you hit the nail on the head t where it's do do something yeah Definitely. try and play your part in some way mm. and even if it feels a very small thing that you are acting upon, a very um, a very small part to play in acting against an injustice, it is still a part. Yeah. Interestingly, th this, this weaves quite nicely into our values. So our values are we invite everyone to play their part as we worship creatively, love generously and serve locally. And I think the way it fits is we invite everyone to play their part so what part can you play? What part can I play? What part can we play in global injustice and fighting against that local injustice that we see and those local injustices that we see more within ourselves or very immediately in our very close sphere of influence? Yeah. That links to how can we love generously mm. those that are having those injustices brought against them? But I think probably most prevalently serving locally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you guys just want to yeah. speak into what it looks like for us as church collective and individuals to serve yeah. locally to act yeah, yeah. against injustice? Yeah, brilliant. You might probably kick yeah, off. Go for it. Yeah, I think uh, uh, I was going to say, Simon, like your collective is a great space to begin to ask and answer those questions in themselves. Mm. You know, collectives are based um, largely. Um, uh, within a, a geographical community or around a particular demographic. Um, and uh, as we've said, like this is a big part of our vision and values. Um, so it's asking those questions uh, for uh, if you're a collective leader, asking what is it about the people group that we're interacting with that seems to be a real area that we could minister to? Or what is it about our, the area we live in um, that we could minister to? Um, I think obviously a really uh, easy and 
you know, a really kind of, I guess, kind of a, a safe fallback option for a quick example. It, but a really good one is the great work Bobby and Phil are doing at Smile Collective. Mm. You know, they've seen a need in their local community yep. and they're meeting that and using it uh, to share uh, Jesus with others. Um, as we've been kind of hitting the, the planning on like what it might look like to serve young adults locally we're thinking a little bit about the mental health crisis uh and things like that um uh for somewhere um where it might be um loneliness is a problem if if we end if if someone uh ends up say planting a collective that largely reaches the elderly loneliness is going to be a significant issue to combat so i think often the church is a great way in and of itself to begin to engage on those local issues mm. as as i said at the beginning what has god put in your hand and what can you do with that? Yeah. Um, and also just to quickly add to that, I would say that there are already so many brilliant charities and organisations yeah. that are working and have expertise on justice issues because a lot of the time things like homelessness have so many complexities to them that we need a level of expertise to engage in, in a good way, in an effective way. So I would really encourage you to, yeah, have a look at what's out there and see what you can join in with because sometimes when we set up too many things, that means that, things are going to be ineffective. So just have a look um, and keep your eyes open and yeah, make those those connections with people who are already doing the, the good justice stuff. Amen. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, John. Thanks, Terea. Thank you. The arc of the narrative that we see in the Bible is a loving God who seeks a perfect world and a right relationship with us that fell as we saw in Genesis, as we've recapped uh, today, that fell because of sin. But the arc of the narrative that we see is that God is a God who seeks justice. So I would love you in response to this, uh, whether you're listening to it on the podcast or whether you're watching it on YouTube, to think about how can I act against a global injustice? How can I play my part in a local injustice that you see? And what is it individually that God is calling me to do? A lifestyle change of some description, possibly, that he's really placing on your heart, that then you can play your part in fighting that injustice. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit speaks to you and has been speaking to you as you've been listening to this and watching this, but continues to speak to you about what it might be on a global an individual, a local and an individual space. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a God who loves, mm -hmm. that you are a God who seeks justice, that you are a God who has a redemption plan. And Lord, would we play our part in what that looks like for us? So Holy Spirit, would you come would you inspire us into what that looks like for us on a global sense, on a local sense, and for us as individuals? Can you stir that in our hearts about what that looks like today? In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.